Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope that these messages encourage and inspire you in your personal journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. So we're in a series called Breakthrough. If you're here this morning and you want breakthrough, come on, just give God a shout right now. Breakthrough is our destiny. It's not something God may may give us. It's something He wants to give us. Amen? Breakthrough. And Pastor Gwynmar kicked us off last week. It was a tremendous message. I encourage you to go to the, the podcast and listen to it. But breakthrough is when the thing that was resisting you is destroyed. When the thing that was holding you back is no longer there. I said this a couple weeks ago, breakthrough is when what was your ceiling now becomes your floor. Instead of looking up, you're looking down and looking out. Breakthrough is your destiny. All the resistance that we've been feeling, all the things that you've been coming up against in your life, is because the enemy, like Pastor Gwynmar said last week, the enemy does not want you at a new level. And so he tries to resist you. He tries to discourage you. He tries to sow these things in your life that can destroy you or, 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 or cause you to give up. See, the only time you lose in life, the only time you lose in the kingdom is if you give up. You don't have to win. He won. You just don't have to give up. If you don't give up, you win. If you don't stop worshiping, you win. If you don't stop giving, you win. He's just trying to get you to stop. Stop showing up. Stop giving. Stop caring. Stop giving your heart out like that. Because he does not want you to break through. Because he knows that when you break through, all hell is going to break loose for him. Amen? So we're about breakthrough. Breakthrough can be emotional. It can be spiritual. It can be relational. It can be financial. It can be vocational. See, I made all those rhymes. Preacher. Breakthrough can be mental. It can be all those things. But the best breakthroughs are the breakthroughs that happen spiritually. Because when you break through spiritually, everything else gets impacted as well. When you break through spiritually, your finances get in alignment. When you no longer are dealing with fear and anxiety, you look at things differently. When you're no longer dealing with that emotional trauma, all of a sudden you're free to run where before you felt like you had chains on your ankles. So when you break through spiritually, everything changes. And so we're going to break through. This is the year of breakthrough. You're here not by accident. You're here by design because God wants to see you break through. God wants to see you operate in the things that were only dreams, but now they're going to become a reality. God wants wants you to break through in areas where you said between God, it would be nice if that ever happened to me. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Are you with me? When your heart receives a revelation 
of how much God loves you, nothing will hold you back any longer. When your heart receives the revelation, see, there's a difference between knowing something here and knowing it here. When you know it here, nothing will hold you back. Are you with me? Jesus was walking breakthrough. This is what Jesus said. He said two things that to me are amazing. He said, my mission is to seek and save that which was lost. And then he said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That was his mission. And then in John, 1 John 3, 8, it says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Say that. Say that with me. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. That means the works of the devil in your life. Are you with me? Jesus is breakthrough. He's breakthrough. I love that scripture verse. It says the thief comes to steal kill and destroy. Has anyone had to deal with a thief in their life this morning? Come on, raise your hand. Has anyone seen years taken off of their life? Seen peace removed from their life? Seen things that were special to them taken from them? Is that just me this morning or does someone else recognize that there's been a thief operating in shadows undercover in darkness robbing you in the middle of the night because that's his assignment he comes to steal to kill and destroy and he does it by appealing like an angel of light he does it by saying hey this is good but really it's got a hook in it but jesus says i have come that you may have life and life to the full that word life it means zoe eternal life, life everlasting. And the amazing thing about that word zoe, life, it doesn't mean life in heaven. It means life right now. Eternal life started the moment you gave your life to Jesus. The abundant life happened the moment you said, yes, Jesus, abundant life was yours. You are eternal uh, beings living for eternity. And so eternity starts right now for you. Abundant life starts right now for you. You don't have to wait till heaven. You can live it right now, every day of your life, in resurrection power. If Jesus didn't want you to have eternal life right now, he wouldn't have resurrected. He would have stayed in the grave and said, you're forgiven, see you when you get here. He could, no, I'm going to shatter the chains. I'm going to beat death. I'm going to overcome the grave so nothing will hold you back in life. i got to take my jacket off. It's getting hot in here. better now. I try being a cool pastor. It doesn't work. So you might ask yourself this question, and I've asked myself this question before. If Jesus came that I might have life and have it abundantly, then how come I'm looking at my life and I don't see that abundance? Anybody? Why, if the word, and this is where people get discouraged, because they look at scripture verses and it, and it makes a promise, but then they don't see that promise being out in their life. We have disappointment. We have regret. 
we have um, missed opportunities. And it's like, I, I thought that you promised abundant life, but it looks like I have nothing. Are you with me? This is where the may comes in. See, if you put that scripture verse, John 10, 10 on the board, John 10, 10, if you put that up, Crystal, it says, I have come that they may have life. Not that they will have life. See that? That they may have life. It's an invitation that he invites you into. It's a life that he extends to you. It's an opportunity for you to follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. Thank you. She's so awesome. Follow me and I will do this in your life. But we still have to follow him. Are you with me? We still need to follow him. It's a journey he takes you on. And on that journey, he gives you tools. He gives you resources. He gives you principles. He reveals mysteries to you that help you walk in that abundant life that he promised to you. See, in Christianity, some breakthroughs in your life are going to happen by default. Some some breakthroughs are going to happen by default. So God's goodness towards you. His favor on you as his child is going to overpower your situation and you're going to have a breakthrough in life just because he loves you. Just because he favors you. Just because he wants you to know he's there. Right? But then there's some breakthroughs in life. There's some breakthroughs that can only be cultivated. There's some breakthroughs in life that you need to access. See, We're not supposed to just live on miracles. We're not supposed to live a life that's miracle to miracle. I'm just waiting on my miracle. Just waiting on my miracle. Every day you go out to the mailbox, you open the mail. There's no check in there. I'm going to come back tomorrow. Sometimes I do that. I come home from work. Even though I make a paycheck, I always feel like there might be a check. You know, like like when you were younger and you used to get checks for your birthday from your parents. Those days are over, man. I don't get no checks anymore, right? And you're looking for a miracle. God never wants us to live from miracle to miracle. He gives us miracles to know that he's faithful. But then he asks us to enact faith in his principles so that we become the miracle to the world around us. Your destiny is to be someone else's miracle. Are you with me? Pastor G, are they good? God calls us to a life of principle accessed by faith. He calls us and he says, here's my word. Here's my principles. Give and it shall be given unto you. Have fun. (laughs) But if we don't, if we don't act out his principles in our life, we don't reap the benefit from that principle in our life. Are you with me? Are you with me? Is this, is this good? So there are breakthroughs in your life, in your calling, that can only be accessed by consistently applying God's word and God's principles to your life. And that's where the tension is. Because it's not easy, is it? This is where the may comes in. Because in our microwaved buy now, pay later, highly leveraged society, we don't like being told that we have to work for something. Am I the only one who doesn't like to go to work on Mondays? 
I need like an intervention like every Monday morning. Like my wife's like, she's not over trying to keep me up. Like, it's going to be fine, baby. God's got you. No, I don't want to do it. Sometimes I work from home. Okay. Right? Or we don't like being told that we have to patiently wait for something. Right? A couple weeks ago, Pastor Gwynmar ministered a message called The Waiting Room. And we've learned during that series that we have to learn to wait well. Wait on God. Wait well. And what happens is if we don't wait well and we're not willing to work and, and, and apply the principles to our life, our entitlement kicks in. Our ambition kicks in. Our soulful desires kick in. And instead of waiting for what he has, we just take what we can get. Yeah. We just take what we get. And then instead of living the abundant life, we live a gluttonous life. Instead of living the abundant life, we live a lazy life. And instead of inheriting the life that he's promised for us, we just take what we can get. See, but God never rescinds his invitation. Anyone ever get the invite? You got invited something and then you're like, oh, uh, well, actually, uh, we, you can't come. Everyone get the, the invite or the no-vite? The no-vite, like there's a party going on, everyone's there, but you're like home? Guess I'm off the list. Okay, right? God never puts you on the no-vite list. He always extends his invitation and he leaves it out there. So when you mess up, still there. When you make a mistake, still there. When you fall short, still there. When you do something terrible, still there. Because God never rescinds his invitation, right? I love what Pastor G said last week. He said, God still has your supposed-to-be-happy place in store waiting for you. But it's an invitation. It's an invitation that you need to walk with. Are you with me? Come on. Come on. God wants us to break through. Do you believe that? God wants us to break through. I don't know what you came in with today. You might have been struggling with the same thing for years, the same sin, the same issue, the same condition, the same circumstance. You might have been coming the same, with the same thing week after week after week after week, breakthrough is coming. I'm amazed at the man in the Bible who waited by the pool of Bethesda for years, waiting, 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 and then Jesus came. Because breakthrough will always come. Breakthrough will always come. Are you with me? But it's not automatic. And I think sometimes in Christianity, we get duped into thinking that our breakthrough, that abundant life is automatic. It's just going to happen. We deserve it. (laughs) I deserve it. I'm a good person. I'm not as bad as that dude. I deserve it. Are you with me? Are we being honest this morning? Right. It's not automatic. See, some breakthroughs in your life have to be planted. Have to be planted. I'm going to read a couple of scripture verses for you. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. It says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And with the measure you use, it will be measured out to you. I love that scripture verse. I said this last week. It just says give. It doesn't even say give money doesn't say that. Give time, doesn't say that. Give support, doesn't say that. 
It just says, give whatever, and it will be given back to you, shaken together, pressed down, and running over. So if you give an attitude, you're going to receive an attitude, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If you give lack of compassion, you're going to receive lack of compassion, pressed down, running over, all that, right? If you give patience, you will receive patience. If you give honor, you will receive honor. If you give finances, you will receive finances pressed down, shaken together, running over. For with the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Come on, give God some praise. Some breakthroughs need to be planted. It says in Galatians, it says, it says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, he shall reap. If he sows to his flesh, he will reap from his flesh corruption. But if he sows to the Spirit, he will receive from the Spirit life everlasting. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, He that sows sparingly will reap sparingly. But he that sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Are you with me? And so there's some breakthroughs in our life that need to be planted. And so we're given these seeds. It's funny how Jesus always referred to agriculture, and he called our faith a seed. And we're given these seeds in life, and they need to be planted in order for us to receive a breakthrough. And we have to plant the breakthrough that we want to receive. So if I want to receive a good marriage I need to sow into my spouse. If I want to receive a healthy marriage, I have to sow into my spouse. And so you're saying, well, well, I'm not married, Pastor Pete. If God gave me a spouse, I would sow into him. <laughs> yeah, starts now. Starts now. Marriage prep doesn't happen when you're married. It happens when you're single. <laughs> right? It starts now. You start deciding now the type of spouse you're going to be. You start dealing with single issues now before you get married so you don't have to go counseling after you get married. Are you with me? Well, you can sow it now, right? You want your kids to love the Lord authentically. Well, then you've got to plant what you want to see. You want to have finances in your life, to give to every need, to have an abundance to provide for your family. Well, Ryan said it, sometimes you've got to plant it. You know, every major breakthrough financially that my wife and I have had in our life has come from extravagant giving. Everyone. I would like to tell you that it's because of my skill and talent and ability in the marketplace. I would like to tell you it's because I'm tremendously gifted and the Lord's just promoted me because it's me. But the fact is that God makes tons of me and he's able, to get, he's able to give whatever gift mixes in you to somebody else, but he responds to faith. And so every major breakthrough I've had in my life financially has come when God has asked me to give extravagantly. We've been in meetings where God has asked me to put zeros on the ends of checks that I thought were already good. For real. I, wrote, I remember we went to this thing one time, and, and uh, I, had a, I wanted to give into this guy's ministry, and, and so I pulled out a check, and I had a checkbook on me, and I wrote out a check, and I thought, that's a good offering, and the Lord's like, yeah, all right. Why don't you put another zero on that? I said, what? And so I pretended like I didn't hear him. You know how we do, you know. <laughs> I ate some chicken parm, right? 
But the pressing, here's an opportunity. Are you going to trust me? And then there was another time where me and my wife were really struggling financially, and we had this piece of equipment that we sold, and we made like $2,500 on it or something like that, and we really needed that money. It was a stack of cash just sitting on my dining room uh, in, my, uh, or in, my, in my room on my, on my dresser. And I had a, a friend with who was starting a ministry, and I was like, man, I wish, I just wish I could give into his ministry. I wish I had money. And the Lord said, you got some money? I was like, no, I don't. Yeah. That was going to this. I got a bill. No, you, you've, you've got that money. And the Lord had me give the entire amount to him. But every breakthrough, and I'm telling you that I've had some, some, some blessings in my life financially, and I'm telling you it has nothing to do with me and everything to me responding to an opportunity that God put before me. God is not a respecter of persons. There's no class system in the body of Christ. There's no elites in the body of Christ. The elites are are deceived. Are you with me? See, if you want breakthrough at your job, you have to sow it. If you want breakthrough in your ministry, you have to sow it. If you want breakthrough in your marriage, you have to sow it. If you want breakthrough in your finances, you have to sow it, right? You cannot expect to receive something different than what you've planted. You cannot. Genesis 8.22 says this. It says, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease. God created a pattern and wove it into creation, both naturally and spiritually, that as long as there's an earth, there's going to be a seed time and there's going to be a harvest. There's always going to be a time to plant and there's always going to be a time to reap. Are you with me? And you cannot expect to receive if you've not planted. And when harvest season comes, you're going to want to, you're going to be wishing that you had some seed in the ground, right? And so some breakthroughs need to be planted. And when harvest season comes, you can't expect to receive much if you've only planted little. And I'm not talking about an amount that's grand. I'm talking about a relative amount for you. And so the widow at the offering cast in two mites. And Jesus said, whoa, she gave out of her lack. Others gave out of their abundance, but look at her. She has no spouse, but she's serving singles. She has no time to herself, but she's still praying with someone. She has uh, no money, but she's still giving. She has nothing in her life that's going well, but she's still praying and and fasting and hoping in God. Planting, 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 expecting breakthrough. Are you with me? I love William McDowell said this. He said, mature people who have seed in the ground, they love storms. My wife told me this. They said, they love storms because they know the rain is going to water the seed that they put in the ground. See, and this is a discouraging process at first. Can I be honest? Because when, you, when I came to Christ, I was really discouraged because I was doing a lot of good things and I was planting and I got this and I was sowing and I was sowing, but I was reaping only negative things. 
Because what happens is when we give our life to Christ, we start planting, but we're still reaping from our BC days. Are you with me? And so why isn't my life, well, you're still reaping from the bad seed that you sowed years ago, BC. Right, but as you sow good seed, as you spend time with the Lord, as you respond to him in obedience, as you worship him, as you come to church, as you, as you act out the principles that he's put in your life, you, you plant seeds that will, resi- will um, result in a harvest in your life. Are you with me? Here's what I've learned, though. I've learned that we've got to plant, but I've also learned that breakthrough has an environment. Breakthrough has an environment. See, you plant a seed. I got my makeshift seeds here. You you plant a seed, right? But it doesn't end there. My wife is really into plants. We've got like thirty in our house. I mean, I'm exaggerating. It's really like twenty, but it's a lot of plants. And so she tells me that when you when you plant a seed, you don't just plant it and then you walk away. You have to water it. And you have to make sure it receives the right amount of sunlight. In fact, there's some studies that were done that say that you need to actually speak to your plants and it helps them grow. All right, and so we need to create an environment around that seed, an environment around our life that allows it to grow. And see, a lot of us, we've sown seeds, but we're cursing the seed with our complaints. Are you with me? We have to create the right environment in our life for breakthrough. When we have service in the morning, when we have service uh, every Sunday, we have a servant circle. And we, whisper, we lift up our voices and we praise and we worship and we pray. And it's all about us creating an atmosphere for breakthrough to happen. We don't build his church. God builds his church. We don't do the healing. God does the healing. We don't do the miracles. God does the miracles. We just create the environment and then we get out of the way. Are you with me? Breakthrough has an environment. We don't, I'm not God. He's God. He does it. He moves. But we have to create an environment in our life. We welcome him into, into our, our, our service. We welcome him into our homes. We tear down our idols. We lift. We repent. We lift him up. We exalt him. And then we get out of the way and we say, Lord, move. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Help me make my environment right for you. You're going to have your way in me. You're going to have your way through me. My job is let me create the environment that you long to dwell in. Are you with me? See, breakthrough has an environment. See, if we sow good seed, but then we fail to cultivate healthy environment for that seed, we could spoil the harvest. Are you with me? It says in Proverbs 18, 21, that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Lord, help me. If you think I've got this down, you're wrong. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so when I sow a seed, sometimes what I do, can I be honest, church, is I curse the seed that I've planted. I say, this isn't going to work out. I've wasted so much time. I've wasted years. This is not working for me. It works for everybody else, but it doesn't work for me. And that seed never germinates, never breaks through the soil as a plant because I am not creating the environment around that seed that it needs to dwell, to function, and grow. Are you with me? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. It says in Philippians 2.14, do all things 
without murmuring and disputing. It says all things. Like all things. All things. Bath time with your kids without murmuring and complaining. Clean up the the time that your daughter peed in her crib without murmuring and complaining. Clean up the the trash that was spilled all over your car. The other day I was in my car and there was legit spider webs in my car. I'm like, how does this happen? I'm telling you, when I was single, I never had a dirty car. My car was like, oh man, are you with, someone's with me? I get in the car and I have a panic attack. I'm like, there's applesauce pouches all over the place. How do you get so, there's banana tucked into the velvet in the seat. My wife gives me, I took the girls out yesterday and she's like, here, she handed me two bananas. I'm like, no, I don't want no banana, vacuumable stuff, man. It's like, it's just, I, can't, I can't figure out, I'm supposed to do this and clean my car and tell my kids to be quiet in, uh, in a Christian way. Shut up! And I'm supposed to do all that without murmuring and complaining. But see, the thing is, that God has shown me that I'm supposed to, to deposit into my kids. See, these are my, these are my kid plants. See? And I'm supposed to deposit into them. And I'm supposed to sow love into them. And sow joy into them. And speak life over them. But sometimes this does the opposite. Sometimes I get caught up in the moment and instead of being a blessing, I'm a curse. And I have to repent and say, God, help me. I can't do this. I almost had a breakdown yesterday. I told my wife, I said, I am not good at this. She'll tell you. I said more than that. But I said, listen, this whole fatherhood thing, I know I don't have this. Some people have it. I have, put a mic in my hand, I'm good. Put a kid in my hand, call 911. I, I am not, go, I, like, you have to know your limitations, right? I, I, I just, I don't have the patience for this. I can't do it. Why are you crying again? Right? I'm going to go out the door. So we have to create an environment, and it's the enemy. That's what the enemy is after. He's after the environment in your home. He's after the environment in this church. He is after the environment in your heart. I've learned that prayer is the language of breakthrough, but complaining is the language of defeat. And a lot of times when we complain, what we're doing is we're offering up praises to our problems. And I've tried to pray and complain at the same time. It does not work. Are you with me? How's the environment in your heart? Is there faith there? Is there expectation there? Is there hope there? I usually have faith on Mondays, hope on Tuesdays, nothing on Wednesday, and I'm borderline depressed on Friday. And it starts all over again on Monday. I'm feeling really good this week, babe. And then Friday comes along, oh my God. We have to create an environment for breakthrough. I planted a seed. God is faithful. He's going to do it. 
His word will not return to him void. Faithful is he. If I sow, I will reap. He is faithful. And when you have nothing good to say, just say what he said. When I have nothing good to say, okay, greater than he that is in me than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against me will prosper. If I sow, I shall reap. If I sow sparingly, I'm going to reap sparingly. I'm going to sow. I'm going to do this. And so God's come that I might have life. And so I planted this. And so I will say what he said because sometimes I have nothing good to say. Just ask my wife. How's your internal environment? Here's what I've learned is that God doesn't just hear the complaints with our mouth. He also hears the complaints in our heart. Ouch. No one's thrown anything at me yet, so I think that's as good. It says Psalms 51, 6, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts. In the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. Psalms 19, 14, Let thy words, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. See, we get real good at saying the right thing. It's easy to talk about it. It's much harder to be about it. It's easy to speak faith but live faithless. Right? It's possible to quote scripture but not live scripture. It's possible to be a preacher but not a practicer. Can we just be transparent? It's possible to know all the right things to say but not live any of them. And so breakthrough doesn't come by what we say. It comes by how we live. And so I need God to move in my life. And so I'm going to create an environment for him to move in. I'm going to create an atmosphere for him where my kids can grow and become the women that God's called them to be. I'm going to create an environment, and I don't do this all the time. Babe, I repent. I'm going to create an environment around my marriage that actually builds her up. Are you with me? Not tear our marriage down. Guess what? Spouses, when you talk negatively about your spouse, you're also talking negatively about yourself because the two have become one. Yeah, when we talk negatively about other churches, we're also talking negatively about ourselves because we are the we are the body of Christ. Oh, that church, it's a prosperity church. Well, they're your brothers and sisters in Christ. You should be praying for them. If we create an environment that attracts the presence of God in our life, he moves, he breaks through, he heals, he restores, he multiplies, he does it. All we have to do is be disciplined to create that environment. Are you with me? God is working in us, wooing us, sometimes breaking us until we partner with him to cultivate a breakthrough environment in our life. Are you with me? And so there's a process when you plant. Sometimes the first thing you got to do when you plant is you have to dig up some soil. See, and that's, that will trip some people out because sometimes breakthrough looks like work. We pray, God, I want breakthrough, I want breakthrough. He's like, okay, here. And we actually have to go to work in the soils of our marriage and the soils of our heart and dig up some rocks of offense. Dig up some unforgiveness. Dig up some bitterness that's been laying there for years and get that out of our soil so something good can be planted. See, sometimes it starts with us digging, right? And he gives you a work glove, some work gloves and a shovel, and he says, go to work on your heart. And then after he gives us a shovel, then we have to take the seed. 
And we have to plant the seed. Now, you think that's simple, but it requires us to actually release what God has put in our hands. And sometimes we've wrapped our identity around something and we're not willing to let go of it because that's the only thing that we feel that we have. I've met some stingy Christians. The check comes and everyone's like, okay, fine, I'll get it. Right? We have to be able to release what's in our hand and plant. That's the principle of the kingdom. Multiplication happens by release. It doesn't just talk, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about honor. I'm talking about forgiveness. Jesus said, if you forgive those, you'll receive forgiveness. He goes, if you don't forgive those who have trespassed against you, neither will I forgive you. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. Jesus is a savage. You read on your own. He said, if you don't forgive those who have trespassed against you, if you don't sow forgiveness, you won't receive it. See, everything we want to receive in our life has to be sowed. And so after we plant it, we've got to cover it with dirt. And this will also trip people out because once I've covered it with dirt, I can't see it any longer. Now I've got to have faith that something under the soil is happening. I've got to have faith that when I release my finances that God is actually doing something. I got to have faith that when I speak life over my spouse, but I get garbage in return, that something is happening because I can't see it. I have to cover it. I have to trust that the process is going to take place, that that seed is going to germinate and it's going to produce and and it's going to yield the thing that I planted it for. I've got to have faith. You see, what happens sometimes in our life is that we plant things and it doesn't happen on our timetable and so we stop planting. And our growth stunts because this thing's not working. Me and my wife, we have an expression in our house. We call it bubby faith. For those of you who don't know, bubby is our dog. And bubby has got some great faith. Because bubby is all about that snack life. He wants smackos all the time. And so sometimes, like, he never gets discouraged. It doesn't matter how many times I yell at him, how many times I pick him up and put him in the other room, how many times I lunge at him to make him run away because I feel powerful. Like, get out of here. And he runs. It doesn't matter how many times I get your mangy butt out of here. This morning he was snatching waffles from my kids. (laughs) No, this is the daily, this is a weekly struggle. And the kids are still upset because they lost their waffle. Every week we lose a waffle. One out of six goes down to the dog. I'm telling you, every week. But he's never discouraged. Every time there's an opportunity for him to receive a snack, he is just as excited as the first time. I wonder, do we have Bubby Faith? Wait, I'm, wait. Have we given in to discouragement? Have we grown weary and well-doing? Have we gotten tired of sowing? And have we, instead of having a bubby faith, we just, we lay in the bed and we don't get up because we're just like, I'm not going to get anything, so I'm not even going to go. Do we have bubby faith? I should have called this message bubby faith. <laughs> and after we dig, 
and after we plant, and after we cover, we've got to care for it. We've got to water it. We've got to pray over it. We've got to give it exposure to sunlight. If it's our kids, or if it's our marriage, or if it's our calling, our vocation, our family, extended family, always smaller than the bigger family, or if it's even our relationship with God. See, I've noticed that if you take care of this, if you sow into this, if you water this, if you worship and speak life over your relationship with God, growth happens all around you. Right? And so we've got to care. We've got to water it. We've got to speak life over it. We've got to persevere in faith, knowing that what we planted, that God is faithful, and that breakthrough in breakthrough season is going to happen. Are you with me? This is the season of breakthrough. This is the season of breakthrough. For some of you, Pastor Gwynmar said this last week, you are going to reap in this season what you've sowed in other seasons. You are going to reap what you've sowed. Some of you have been sowing for years and you've forgotten about it. But God's about to give you fruit in unexpected places. I was in my backyard this summer and I was cutting my grass and I, was, I had this tree in my backyard. It's a sad little tree. It's just a sad tree. And I was around it and I went up to the tree and I saw this piece of fruit hanging from the tree. I'm like, what in God's name is that? And I went up and it was a plum. And this whole time, I've been the house for two years, I didn't know I had a plum tree in my backyard. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you're going you're gonna to reap and un- you're going you're gonna to get fruit in unexpected places. See, in the kingdom, you don't always reap where you sow. And you don't always reap when you sow. But you'll always reap what you sow. Baby, you can come. Are you with me? Are you with me? Pastor G during worship, he reminded me of this church when we used to have service at, a, at Keller Point and we set, and there were Sundays where we would set up for service and nobody would come. There was a handful of us sitting around looking at each other and it was so sad that it make, having service actually didn't make any sense. Like we're going to have service for four people? And Pastor Guimar said, let's go. We're going to go out and pray over the community. We're going to go and pray over the community. We're going to go and sow seeds. We're going to go plant. I remember walking around apartment buildings in Keller, praying over marriages for people that I did not know. Amen? Because sometimes you have to sow a breakthrough before you receive a breakthrough. Are you with me? We hope this message was impactful to you. If you would like to hear more, please remember to subscribe. For more information, you can visit our pages on both Facebook and Instagram. God bless you and have a great rest of the week.